0: welcome back to another episode of mitzi podcast in this podcast we'll be
1: discussing about growing up
0: asian
2: let's start with
1: where was everyone born i was born here in australia i was born in australia as well
2: when they first told me this like five minutes ago um i was very surprised (laughs) that i was the only one born abroad i was born in philippines and i moved here when I was four, I remember I just came, like, can you imagine me, like, a little girl who just came from Philippines, like, didn't know anything about, well, I, obviously I knew how to speak English and stuff, but, like, I, like, came to school, I didn't know anything about, like, Australian school, and then little kindergarten kids, and they were just eating yogurt, and I had never, ever, ever seen yogurt before in my life. I was like, what the hell is this? And then I remember they walked away, and I, like, <laughs> had a scoop of their yogurt, <laughs> Why the hell is it sour? Like, it was so disgusting to me because I had never, like, in Philippines, you eat rice for breakfast and chorizo like you know like you don't have yoga in philippines transitioning from primary school to high school would you say it was difficult for you guys to fit in
1: i think yes because i went to a catholic um, primary school like i w- i transitioned into like an, a government school so all my friends went to catholic high schools i went to high school alone and then i had to like do everything from the start again and because i transitioned into like a predominantly white school as well like i literally did not know anyone I think it was hard because i was like alone i feel like for me
0: i because i went to a catholic private girls high school
1: so it was really
0: like you either fit in or you don't fit in but like with my personality i didn't find it that hard to be honest and i found my crowd pretty quickly in terms of like asians and like nerds and whatnot <laughs> you know it wasn't i don't think it was that tough for me and plus it was only two years there so yeah i agree i feel like i feel like
2: transitioning into high school for me was pretty easy because unlike Cindy like I had I went to a prep to year 12 um school Mm. and I literally had all my friends already from primary school to high school and then like the fitting in in terms of being Asian was well I, I don't know like how you would say it because I wasn't I was kind of whitewashed like you know going into a predominantly Same. white I
1: actually pretty much white
2: <laughs> not white not white but like I was pretty much like white influenced yeah white influenced and yeah, like like that western really- culture yeah, and, like, you guys yeah. are still connected to your roots, I feel like. But me, I feel like, <laughs> like, what the fuck is a Filipino, bro? I
0: don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's ironic to think that you moved to Australia. Right. You know? And you guys were But going- I think, yeah, I think the main reason why I'm still, a, not attached isn't the right word, but very heavily, like, Asian, you know, influenced, the main reason is because I grew up with my grandparents, like, we all lived in the same household. So I grew up, like, purely just with a Viet culture. And especially being an only child, like, you don't, you can't separate yourself from that. You know, it's like every day you get home and you yeah, like, it's not a new person, but you
1: adapt to that culture, if mm. that makes sense yeah yeah that's very true like you growing up as an only child and you only talk to your parents for me all my siblings went to like a predominantly white school we are all influenced by that and like when we get home we're used to that culture we kind of um merged in a way like away from viet, fully viet culture because we're just like surrounded by that like every day my mom purposely put me in a white dominated school for these like LGs, LBs, like they, they knew if I went to a school like that, I would be easily influenced into that type of crowd because, because it's like so easy because like you go to the same school, you're like-minded and you're from the same culture and stuff. And it's like basically inevitable for me to, like, fall in that crowd. and Like, my parents knew that and they didn't want me to fall in that crowd. So, like, I mean, fourth grade, I was, like, moved into a predominantly white primary school and then a high school where there was only whites. That was a good, like, move because I just, like, maintained a small circle of friends and, like, I really did focus on my studies, you know what I mean? I wasn't, like, out partying and stuff like that. So, yeah. I feel like,
2: yeah, my my parents as well, they um kind of took on and adapted for me the like white culture like you know the Australian the Western culture so it's not like I was stripped away from my culture or like I, I wanted to fit in with like the kids in my school so bad that like I lost my identity Da da da. it was just like my parents knew that it would be easier for us like if we just you know adapted a little bit it's not like we don't still do like our Filipino traditions and dah, 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 but it's just like it would be easier and also on the line of LGs and LBs. Before I came to Suzanne Corey, I had no idea what the hell that was. <laughs> like someone was like, Gliana, you look like such an LG." I was like, "What the hell?" Is that? <laughs> like I had no idea what that was. Explain LGs and LBs.
0: Oh, uh, always going out like very like party like the drama drama typical Asian drama girls. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like it's more toxic than that. Like my my definition of it. I thought it was like. You know, bays and drugs. Oh and yeah, no yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like you know that like stereotype of having
1: like tattoos, having, like, like, all like the girls like, like
0: typical like, dyed hair, long, long lashes, lashes, like, false makeup. nails, yeah. branded clothing. Yeah, like just yeah. Hate, like that group culture. You know, that, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Party it's just
1: like style. that stereotype. Or that, yeah.
2: and yeah. also like before I came to Suzanne Corey I didn't know that literally every single Asian like knows every single other Asian like that's like a stereotype I know but like when I went to Suzanne Corey like seriously everyone knew everyone and I was like how the hell does everyone know everyone like is that just like a like a family friend like kind of thing or like how does that
0: happen? Yeah mutuals occur at the time and you like if you because I don't know if it's just me but I was a part of like a lot of different outside groups like growing up you know like church community you have your like sports community you have your like music community it's like all the different groups that you participate in they're bound to have some form of connections between the different groups that's really um, true. so yeah
1: yeah like even for me like it was Tudor and viet school like even yeah, though, school. yeah, even though I went to, like, um, like white primary school or high school, like, I still went to Viet school and that's how, like, I still had, like, Viet friends. And, like, over time, like, because of that, I've just gained a lot of mutuals, like, and they're all Asian.
2: Well, I feel like our experiences were so different. Different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> connected to your roots and then I never realized that like I was so whitewashed until I came to St. Corey and everyone like we had cultural days and everyone would come in their like cultural dress oh, and I feel yeah. like what the hell is culture like Filipino's but then obviously like now I know but like it just it's crazy that like your surroundings and like what school you go to the inf- like your environment really influences mm-hmm. like how you are who you are as a person yeah. like it's crazy to think that i didn't even if i didn't go to sister and cory then i wouldn't have known what it's like to be truly asian you know like that's so sad <laughs> yeah i've just been in a white world for my whole life please no <laughs> oh my gosh that's scary let's talk about stereotypes guys so um what's some common stereotypes that you fit in with so we said that we didn't fit in with lgs and lbs what stereotypes do you fit in with <laughs>
1: That I'm good at maths. <laughs> Nerds. That's like the typical, like, yeah
0: stereotype that is attached with being Asian.
2: Especially if you go to Suzanne. Like,
0: you're selective Asian schools. Nerd. You yeah. know, selective schools in general.
1: No, but like, I feel like that comes from us being like hardworking. My parents just always told me to be like hardworking. And because of that, like, I always wanted to do my best. And I feel like, why... Like, in a way, like, white privilege doesn't understand that. Like, yeah. Mm. So it's not because we're nerds. It's just like, we just want to do more. But is that nerds? Okay, maybe.
2: <laughs> and no, but also, I feel like as minority groups, like, you have to do more to be recognized exactly, for something that like, yeah. white people or anyone else would do. Were
1: you, like, in a way, obsessed with your grades? Like, yeah. I feel like when I was growing up, if I didn't get higher than an A, I would feel, like, so bad. I think it's because of my mindset. When my classmates, like, when my white classmates are, like, fine with a D, I would just, like, look at them, like, oh. <laughs> um, like, I don't...
0: Or when they say, like, at least I passed. <laughs> For me, I was like, maybe that, maybe that's what made me different from, like, my Asian friends. Because, like, obviously I wanted to do well in, like, school and, like, studies. But I was never fussed if I didn't get an A.
1: Really?
0: Like, I would have been upset if I didn't, like, didn't at least get, like, a B, you know? <laughs> but I wasn't that type of person that, like, complete mental breakdown if I didn't get a high score. You know, being a part of an Asian group pushes you even more because my my friendship group, like at my previous high school, they were such hard workers. Like every single person had that similar mindset to Cindy. So that pushes you to study more, actually push yourself for your own mentality. But once I got to high school and like I realized like you need to work much harder than you actually do to be able to like Cindy, uh, like Gliana said be recognized and once you're a part of a culture where everyone works hard despite of your like race you push yourself as well.
1: Yeah, it's I like an inevitable like me. environment. Yeah.
0: I feel like for me it wasn't
2: not to be like Oh my gosh it came easy but like it did come easy like the white school that i went to it was like nothing compared to anything any study that i've ever done in my life i was like Like even going to like kindergarten year one, year two, I was like, what the hell? Why are we playing with freaking water in kindergarten? Why are we doing multiplication in year four? Like, I was like, what is going on? And then in primary school, I never really had to try to get good grades. But then as soon as I went to Suzanne Corey High School, I went from not reading my English books and getting (laughs) plus. to not reading my English books and getting like a really bad grade, like B or a C plus. I was like, bro, like the way that, cause like, obviously I was like, fe- I was feeding off of like academic, um, what is that word? Academic validation. Validation, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is so easy. School's so easy. I go to Suzanne and I'm like, ah, oh, school's not easy anymore. Like, I was like, what the heck is happening? Uh, I actually have to study now. And like, I feel like that's why you guys know my study habits are like so bad. Like school came so easy for me because I don't know, kumon and when i was in philippines like i was
0: already doing oh my god i
2: was like damn i can't get by without studying like you actually have to study
1: with primary school i did not have to try like even with high school like i was like i did not have to try i was getting good grades and everything but like the reason why i ke- kept ma- maintaining that was because i went to tutor Like there was just like a lot of Asian people. You just always try to strive for better because you're you're looking at like all these older kids and they're doing like well, they're getting into med and stuff. You, You follow that same mindset like through that. So I don't think I got my mindset through school, but, like, externally through, like, tutor and stuff. Yeah.
0: My family, like, extended, like, my cousins and stuff, they're all very high achievers. They've all grown up with that mentality of doing well and pushing until, you you know, you've gone to your limits. So, like, even though I was an only child, my cousins really influenced the way that I was studying and thinking. And, like, especially what Cindy said, when you go to, like, tutor essentially your whole entire life you're set out of standard with everyone else so you you it's not like working against others but that helps the way you think and whether or not you're pushing yourself enough yeah i
2: really wish like i
0: had gone
2: to tutoring or like i don't know something external because my time in primary school and like being around, I don't want it to sound like white people don't have hot, like good work ethic, but like being around like white culture, I don't know. Maybe it was just a school that I went to. It's like their mindset was so. This sounds so bad, but it was like so like I don't give a fuck, like I don't care about school. Like it is what it is. You can always do like trades. You can always do hairdressing. You can always do tape. And like before, I was like, <laughs> like tape what is tape i'm sorry for everyone, anyone who does tape but like as it's <laughs> just not something that is acceptable you know <laughs> but yeah and i feel like i brought that mindset into high school and i really had to learn for myself like how to um work hard like it's not like my parents didn't instill that mindset since i was a child but it's just like your environment really has an influence on you like if my parents told me like you need to study tonight da da da. da. but then the next day I go to school and my friends are like you study like it's just year eight like why are you studying and I was like yeah you know why are you studying like it is year eight like it gets to you you know especially like as a, like a little kid you're not gonna know like that your parents are just wanting the best for you and like your friends don't know anything
1: you know what else I think influences how you grow up is like if you're the oldest or if you're the youngest really yeah like i reckon it does as well how i'm the oldest sibling in my my family so i've always had that me- mentality to like do the best so that my siblings can do the same as me and so that's why i place such a big emphasis on like studying and being good like, i can not that actually
2: because my brother being the oldest and especially with like a big age gap we have a five-year age gap I think like he was always like I feel like he he had a lot of pressure on him to like be a good example for me and do well do well in life do well in school keep working like keep achieving more things never be complacent and like I don't know I feel like that's a common expectation in asian mm. families as well yeah to always work well uh work hard do well and like be a good example which i feel like a lot of people judge that aspect of like being asian you know like oh you put so much pressure on your kids blah, blah, blah. you should just let them live their lives but what do you guys think about that
1: i feel like the more like the older i get the more i understand it like they obviously are doing this because they want um, the best for us obviously they understand like essentially they don't want us to like repeat what they had to go through like (laughs) being in australia it's like such a huge privilege we have so many opportunities and like there's literally no way of us ever needing to like worry to the extent that they have and so I feel like even when I was younger, like I understood that. That's why I was like always hardworking and I've always wanted to achieve better for my parents because I never wanted to like struggle like that.
2: Speaking on that, did you ever feel guilty for being too too Asian around your white friends and too white around your family?
0: I don't think I, have, I ever had to go through that because I grew up always being able to find the Asian crowd from like kindergarten and primary school whatnot, I was never exposed to like a heavy white Western culture, that makes sense. Like I was always surrounded by Asians and I never struggled to like fit in. And it was just like I got to a point where... I learned how to really appreciate my culture so I was never at that stage where like oh I'm, I'm too Asian for my white friends or I'm too white for my Asian family like and I feel like my friends kind of just accepted me anyways so it was never an issue for me growing up.
2: I feel like for me it was not really that I cared if I was oh, not really that I felt like I was too Asian around my white friends but it was like I felt too white with my family or like with my Asian friends. I felt like I was influenced by school too much to the point where my parents' expectations of me were starting to change to adapt to how I was. In the beginning, they were like, oh yeah, you have to do well in school, do well in tutoring, like you have to study all the time. And then as I grew up, because I'm very hot-headed and I will do what I want, (laughs) as I grew up, like their expectations of me started changing and adapting to me which is scary because I'm supposed to be adapting to them. I'm not saying that they like completely let go, like lost control of me or anything. I'm just saying that I could see them start to be like, okay, so you just got an A, that's okay. <laughs> or like, you just got a B plus, that's okay. And like to me, I was still holding on to the expectations from when I was younger, obviously. So I still wanted to do really well in school and I still wanted to work hard, but it was just scary when I came home and I'm like, I- I'd say, oh, i got a B plus on this test. And they'll be like, it's okay, just do better next time. i would be like,
1: what? Do better next time? What do you mean? why are you not getting
0: that <laughs> how come i'm not getting an asshole thing
1: what's happening i think it was just like with my family um i didn't feel asian enough i think it's because when i dropped out of viet school i kind of stopped practicing how to like talk you know how to read and write viet ever since then i was just talking a lot in english because with my siblings it's just easier i, I feel like education- that's the
0: the biggest impact when you have siblings
1: yeah like in English yeah. and I I've lost a part of me being able to communicate to my grandparents like there are times where I just like I feel like the tension I just don't know how to convey like my messages across part of me regrets not continuing but the only reason why I quit Viet school was to get better at English because I was like trying to get into like a selective entry school right my English was like not it so I had to quit Viet school to, like, get better at English. So it was either to get into selective entry school or to actually, like, learn Viet. And my mom made the decision to not continue Viet. Essentially, she thought that I could learn Viet through, like, talking to relatives and stuff. And, like, I still know how to speak. It's just, like, yeah, not as fluent as I would like it to be. So, yeah, I think part of me just, like, you know, feels sad that I can't really speak the language that well. I, like
2: completely understand and like empathize when you say that you can't convey your messages like to your grandparents or like you feel like there's like a language barrier that shouldn't be there when I try to talk to my grandparents and relatives like at home in the Philippines it's so difficult for both of us like it's not like I can't speak but I definitely cannot speak very well (laughs) and I can understand them, but I feel like they feel bad that like, or not feel bad, but like they feel like I can't understand them as well if they speak in my language. And so they try to speak like English, but obviously it's hard for them, you know? And then Mm -hmm. for me, like I try to speak my language, but then I just feel like awkward because like, am I saying it the right way? Am I saying the right words? Am I saying the right like connected words? Like I wish that I, learned my language fluently and actually went to school for it
1: i feel like it's just like you being comfortable like if like in your abilities to like talk to them i feel like yeah. when i'd like talk to like my grandpa like i have to really think about it but like i don't know why i struggle so much because I, I completely understand the language and stuff but like when speaking it's just like I don't know. Uh, I don't know why I find it so like hard. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel bad in that aspect that I'm not Asian enough for like my family. I
0: didn't. I, it's not that I didn't relate to any of that. It's just I think the biggest thing here is that I grew up being an only child. Yeah. So that changes everything. Like I speak Viet every day. You know, there's no way I can't speak Viet i go to church in viet I, like a lot of my activities are still in viet at home because my parents go to work as well they've developed viet <laughs> so then when we talk we still sometimes in a sentence you have like half viet half english it's just normal now to the yeah. point where if we were to go back to vietnam and i would just you know talk casually with others sometimes i would include like an english word in there and then realize and have to correct myself because they don't understand it and then that's just the main barrier but otherwise i can still speak and listen and write majority in viet so don't struggle as much or have that disconnection
2: i think it's good for me because like on the topic of um soap operas like filipino like soap opera operas they have like Eng- like it's like taglish like you know how you said vi- vi- <laughs> <The> english <laughs> Yeah. The English. Like, <laughs> they speak the Tagalog and then they also like add English sentences or English words in it so my relatives back home when they watch Filipino shows they it's not like they don't know how to speak English they all know how to speak English they were kind of colonized and they have to like know how to speak English you have to speak English at your school so it's not like it's hard for me to speak English to them but it's just like what Cindy said like the confidence confidence barrier um how do you guys feel about the influence of k-pop and v-pop and like you know asian asian soap operas or tv shows
1: um i feel like previously because i wasn't exposed to it it was like still like such a foreign thing like even though it was like vietnamese pop like literally like my culture like i s it still felt foreign and like in a way, I was kind of like embarrassed, or like I try to avoid it. I don't know. Like m- me now, like I've like freaking embraced it. Like bro, I listen to bit music like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a lot now. i like I used to be like, oh my gosh, I I should hide this and blah blah blah. We're now more accepting as like a society to like K-pop and stuff like that. So. I, Feel like I'm not as ashamed for
0: me like from primary school I was already exposed to like k-pop and like foreign music and I moved into high school and I found my group that was already like they already liked k-pop as well so it wasn't anything that was like to be judged about for me as for v-pop though like this is the exact same thing with cindy like when I was younger I think it was the main thing like i couldn't understand like you can when you speak it you can understand it but when you hear it in songs it's like a completely different thing especially Mm -hmm. for like v-pop because it's different like genres right if it's like slow music like it's understand like you can understand you can depict all the words but their v-pop because it's very like especially now very like it's fast Korean, yeah, they, they imitate that Korean style now. So it's just like, it doesn't sound right. And I wouldn't say that I was ashamed of it, but it was just because I couldn't understand it. And it was, especially because it's your language and you can't understand it. It just, it doesn't feel right. When you listen to like church music or you listen to like your mom and your, your, your parents, like old Vietnamese oh music. Oh my God. That is good stuff. Like, that is that, good you stuff. You can understand the words, you can understand the meaning. It's much more slow and it's just like, you can actually get it, you know? Whereas V-pop was just strange. Like it was just a d- genre that I couldn't connect with. Um, and like, cause I grew up singing like in church choirs and like, you know, different groups. So connecting to music means a lot. And which is why I could never bring myself to listen to V Pop. But like Korean, I don't know why. Just you know, like maybe it's because I can't understand can't, yeah. it and the tunes are boppy. That's why like I was like you know, like more accepting. Cool of it. listening to it. Yeah. yeah, more accepting of it. Yeah.
2: What about um beauty standards? Like, how do you feel about um Asian beauty standards? I know they're very like how do you articulate that? They're very like specific. It's very um,
0: criteria based.
2: Yeah. You either have it or you don't, or you get plastic surgery to get it.
0: How do you how do feel about that? <laughs> like sometimes my, my mum would be like, oh, you know, you've gained a bit of weight, but that's okay. Or like, you're looking a bit dull. Like it's okay. Just, you know, you need some rest, something like that. But sometimes like, yes, I do get caught out, like not caught out. But my mom would sometimes be a bit judgmental in terms of my body figure but like otherwise it wasn't anything that was like heavy i really painted my mom to be some like she's not mean guys i love her she's great it's just yeah sometimes like because i was always i was on the taller spectrum of like an asian girl right that's so all the bonus. Like, That's always like yeah they're always like oh she's so tall like she's she's got the body and everything and when i gain a little bit of weight i think that standard kind of like you know they're like oh i don't remember you being like that but that's okay you know people change like stuff like that like with my weight at the moment i'm so happy with it you know like i'm happy with this weight. but then sometimes you know some asian parents will just be like you're a little bit heavier than the usual girls but that's okay like, just a little bit. But that's okay. You can work it off. Or you can, like, you know, like, be like you. Embrace your body size. And I'm like, I'm completely fine with it. Like, I
1: don't care. That's such a backhanded compliment. I'm not even a compliment. Yeah. What it's not a compliment. Do. No. Um, In terms of beauty expectations, there was only, like, ever two major things that, like, I was, like, not insecure about, but, like, people made me. Conscious n- about? Yeah, yeah, conscious about. It was my freckles and... um and like my monolids. Freckles are a very westernized thing. And even back in Vietnam, like they were just like comment about my freckles a lot. They're just like, oh, like, cause you know how with Asians, you want like very like clear, like pale skin right you don't want anything on your face it just needs to be white and like clear right and like because I had like freckles it was like a very it was just like looked down upon they're just like oh you shouldn't make sure you like wear sunscreen a lot and I'm just like oh okay yeah
2: and like they don't call it freckles they call it sunspots I feel like that's why it's like well my mom my mom calls it like sunspots and I feel like that's why she doesn't like them or like they think that they're bad because. I don't know. It shows signs of aging or something. I feel like that's why. Oh. But yeah, in terms of um beauty standards, I feel like the ones that were very like in my face growing up was um being white and like pale, and like being tall. I think those were the ones. Oh, oh, oh. and and like how you look, like your figure, like also there was like this common, very very common thing of a desire for Western features. Have you? Do you guys experience that? Like when family members would say like oh my gosh you have such a filipino nose or like oh my gosh you have such like you have like um you have like really chinky Chinese eyes they're so cute like you know backhanded compliments that are like oh you really look Asian (laughs) like yeah
1: I'm Asian (laughs) what do you want from me um with these expectations do you ever feel the need or do you want to change your features? with I've
2: definitely thought about getting a nose job (laughs) maybe some Botox (laughs) But I think that's just my own vanity. And, like, maybe, like, my family or, like, my culture has influenced me thinking about those kinds of things, you know, like a BBL. That's definitely Western culture. By the way, BBL, me wanting to get a BBL is definitely, like, a Western culture thing. But, like, a a rhinoplasty, I feel like that is, like, an Asian-influenced desire of mine. But if I would ever go through with it, that's something that, I don't know, I don't think I will Mm -hmm. for now. I feel like your nose.
1: <laughs> your nose is don't, cute. Yeah, don't do anything your nose. Oh it's God, so your nose is nose so cute. cute. <laughs> what the heck It's bro. so cute. I don't know why you would consider it. Like I know, I know. It was kind of appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> like for my freckles, I got some of the dark ones removed because yeah. Oh mm, was how? this recent? No, like this was a couple years back. Like when oh. I had like a very like, I have heard I, of this though. I had, like, two, three, four (laughs) dark freckles, and then I had to get, like, I went to get them removed. And, like, recently, before coming to Suzanne, I was going to get, like, double eyelid surgery. And another thing that influenced me, like, um, that I'm, like, hesitant to do is dye my hair. Because, like, in Viet culture, you want to keep your hair, like, very long, like, thick And like black and black virgin hair. Yes. But like I've always wanted to like dye my hair. Dye your hair. Dye your hair. hair. Dye
0: your hair. Dye your hair. 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 (laughs) It's so fun.
2: Just saying. It will grow back. It will grow back black and long black. and blue.
1: It <laughs> um, also reminds me, like, with tattoos and stuff, doing anything to your body, like, do you want to get tattoos? Because I know I want to get tattoos.
2: Want to bad, want tattoo. But I'm scared. I feel like I'm indecisive. Like, that's not even, like, an Asian influence. I just feel like I'm indecisive and I'll get over it in, like, two weeks. And then it will be on my body and then I'll have to get laser removal and pain. Like, why? Why would I do <gasps> that? On the, like, topic of tattoos, piercings kathy has like a million piercings is that <laughs> is that asian culture um accepted uh
1: i think on the ear it's fine but anything like else on the face like on nose body. or like lips or like you know anywhere on the body like is yeah go.
2: my parents were so 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 against me getting piercings like they did the like normal like eight-month-old get your first hole done and then which is apparently controversial i never knew that that like yeah it, like, in western because
0: like, they keep saying like oh your child should be like making their own decision like you shouldn't be forcing them to get piercings at a young age and that's no, the thing like, i don't care <laughs> we grew up remember. like in that culture where it's just like you know, it's normal to get piercings at, like, a young age. So you that know. it doesn't hurt
1: them in the future. Yeah, like, yeah that's what we believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's what we believe, you know. And it's just, like, everyone, everything is just, it should be their own choice. They should be able to make their own oh, decisions.
2: God. What's the point of having parents if everything is your child's fault? Uh, I mean, choice. Like, that, mm, anyway, that is a different topic. <laughs> that, that got a bit. <laughs> piercings, um... I, being the rebellious child that I am, (laughs) I'm not that rebellious, but anyway, my, I was like begging my parents to get my seconds done for like years, like literally years. And then on my 16th or 17th birthday, me and my friend just, just stabbed my own ear. We just pierced out our own ears. That was probably like the best thing. You know, you always ask for forgiveness, (laughs) never ask for permission. (laughs) And yes. (laughs) I've been wanting more piercings but I'm too scared to pierce my own helix and my parents wouldn't let me get a helix so it's definitely not Asian appropriate but they have come to like it so yeah that's my spiel
0: I feel like for me to be fair I think I got like three of my piercings done without my mom knowing (laughs) um (laughs) but I do remember like begging my mother for like two years to get my seconds done and she compromised And I got one of my seconds done um, and I went with another friend. So she was kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Like you're going as moral support, you can get one as well, you know, kind of vibe. Because she was getting her first piercing, first ELO piercings. And then I remember for my double helix, like that was constant begging as well. Like I begged and begged for like an entire year. Um, And she went and got one of like my first helix done. And that was like the last piercing I asked for permission for. (laughs) Because the rest I got done in like my own time, with my own money and everything, and she like she doesn't care anymore. Because like I mean, what else can I do? to Take it out? I mean, I can, but you know, why would I take it out? It's already healed, anyways. But yeah, she's come to like it, and like my mom and I have a really good relationship, so she's very on board with everything. As long as I like, like I'm focused on myself and my mental well-being, then she's okay with it. Like, even with, like, hair dyeing and everything, she jokes around about, like, oh, Kathy, why did you dye your hair so many times? Like, it's already dead. Like, what else are you going to do this time? What, what what more can you do with your hair? Um, but she says, if it helps me focus on myself and if it helps me come to love myself more, then she's fine with it. That's the biggest thing for her. That is so nice. What the heck?
2: You, You actually, like, oh my gosh, you and your mom... Like you asking for permission to dye your hair is just very shocking to me <laughs> because I, <don't> know, <laughs> I just dyed my hair one day. I think I asked my dad because, like your dad, like my dad doesn't really care. Yeah.
0: And then,
2: yeah, I feel like dyeing your hair isn't that big of a deal. It's just,
0: you can bit- just dye back to black if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> back to black, no problems.
2: Permission, easy fix, yeah. easy hair dye, like last for a while,
0: you know? <laughs> Okay, but Gliana, when was the last time you had black hair? That's
2: my curious.
1: Like, yeah, I'm very curious. God,
2: like two years, I think. Like, once I started, I couldn't stop. I, I, I never dyed it back. Not that long. Not as long as you, girl.
1: Yeah. You dyed it back, no.
0: No, it was, like, two years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> two years ago. Wait, three years
2: ago. So, moral of the story, um, Cindy, it's okay to dye your hair.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Cindy. I like <laughs> get more
1: piercings. Out of the three of us, I'm. I think I'm, like the most, like, traditional, like, obedient, like, Asian daughter. You know what I mean? And I think also because, like, um, I'm the oldest. I feel like I just don't want to, like, um, I don't want to turn my siblings – rebellious i don't know like but like over the years my parents have definitely gone more lenient like i remember when i was younger like bro i did not go to like birthday parties and like my friend's house or anything during primary school right but like as i'm like going older because and i'm like allowed to like do things now like my my brother's got like the benefit of it because like my parents are like more lenient. I don't know why that's a thing. I don't know if you guys relate because you guys are the, like only child in no, your. I child. Think it's the
2: opposite for me. It's literally the opposite. Like my brother is like you. Like he was the poster child. Like the really good. Like he was. He was very kind. He was good in school. Like he was nice to everyone, and he didn't really go out that much until like high school or something. Yeah. But me, <laughs> girl, me. <laughs> i was like i was like the one always getting in trouble for staying out too late like going out with my friends my parents i'd have to ask them like a week in advance for me to like have fun more than two times in a week and then i don't know i just kept pushing boundaries like because I'm, I'm a very social person like i like to go out i like to like meet up with my friends and like do stuff you know mm-hmm. i'm like my dad my dad needs to like see friends he needs to go out like, socialize <laughs> socialize yeah so i don't know like I feel like me being so much like my dad reminding him so much of himself like kind of forced my mom to have to accept that like we're a social family you know like my brother my dad and I like we like to go out we like to meet new people you know talk to new people and like yeah I feel like that also allowed my me going out in primary school also like helped my brother be allowed to go to like, you know, the 18th in year 12 and yeah. like go clubbing early, you know?
1: Uh,
2: yeah. So, you're welcome. Have you
1: guys ever went, like, have you guys ever like snuck out? No, I could never. Like, I, like, when I was, I definitely, like
0: I said before, like, much more spoiled as an Asian child, but I grew up still very, like,
2: oh. <laughs> <I>, I'm <laughs> Anna. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know,
0: I don't. I couldn't <laughs> I look away for one second, and I look back, and you two are just like <laughs> laughing off screen. <laughs> um, um, like even though I was quite spoiled, like growing up, I was still like obedient in like Asian like standards. You know, I only went out like max once, like a month. And if it was like a birthday party, then she'll be like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine. Like you can go to a birthday party, that's fine." But if it was like when I got, especially when I got to high school um because my school was in the city like all my friends after school would be like ah, let's go to the city let's go grab some stuff and like that was n- no way i was allowed to do that like you had to go home show away and my mom would pick me up at school like it was you know none of that going out or anything
1: this girl said once a month and i, I was just worry. like what the frick like what <laughs> once a month,
0: <laughs> I think You I think, I What?
2: I think- timelines wrong <laughs> I think yeah
1: so, so that's, that's okay. the no, thing but Susan Corey like, was not... different like you don't count Susan Corey during high school like did, my, by know, high school like, yes by high school I mean year seven year eight I'm yeah exactly. exactly sorry exactly. sorry exactly. yeah my sorry. previous high
0: school not 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 Corey like Corey oh <laughs> <laughs> Corey is a different scenario. We don't talk about Corey, okay? Public transport came into play here. Yes. Like back yes. my, past, yes. like my previous Still high school, like, Kathy, you're being picked up at school. We're driving you home. That's it. Nothing more. Like there was no way of me sneaking out or anything. You know, like I have to take the bus back to footscreen Mum picks me up from Footscray. We're going home. Nothing else. Whereas like it, Corey, that's like. Okay you need to go to the station and like that one train can take you to the city and like you know there's like a lot of more opportunities you know yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but and like with my mom with my mom's mindset she trusted me a lot more once I got into Corey.
1: That's, so she was yeah. okay with me going out yeah. like with Corey. Like, ever since starting Kory, I just went out, like, a lot more. Like, I think when starting Kory, that's, like, when I started going out. Um, And I think a big Same. part of it was because of um public transport. Because, like, previously, I never took public transport. But, like, that independence and, like, that confidence of, like, traveling by yourself, I just gained confidence, like, going out more. So, yeah.
2: Mine was different, like, to... I don't take public transport to school still (laughs) or home, but, like, it was, like, my friends lived all over Melbourne. So I wanted to meet up with them. Like, I had to take public transport to see them or we would meet in the city because some people would live in freaking Craigburn, you know? (laughs) Like, it, it was, like, that sense of public transport. Yeah. Is there someone in your life who helped you embrace
1: your culture for me it was amanda like so pre at my previous high school like so it was like white yeah but um amanda was like she always fell into like the asian group like she was like into anime k-pop and stuff like that and i was like um i had a friend and she was like white she wasn't into that that type of stuff as well so like i just never got into it but ever since like becoming friends with amanda like she was very open about like like her likes about like you know k-pop and anime and stuff she was just like very confident um with like her like culture and like she would like speak via and stuff like i've never ever since like my white primary school like um i didn't have like anyone who like talked viet to me outside of like my family so it was just like a very like big like eye opener and because she was like so confident about it i was like oh maybe like it's okay she just like understood me and she kind of just like taught me to like you know be okay with like my asian roots yeah like i've only recently started like talking a lot in viet because of you kathy like because i see your you talk to your mom in viet a lot like and I started like mimicking that. Like previously, I felt like I was talking to my parents a lot in English. Like my mom is like fluent in English, and like my dad, like he has a business, so he's like he can't speak English. But like now, because like I'm like around your mom and you <laughs> a lot, and I just see that dynamic. It's just like it's it's like very close, and I really want to have like that type of connection with my parents, like. That they, I'm comfortable talking via and I just want to like practice it, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think YouTube both influenced me.
2: For me, I was never embarrassed to like talk, not embarrassed, I was never conscious to like talk to my parents in my language. I kind of like wanted to talk to my parents in my language. I don't know if that was the same for you, Kathy, but like if I was hanging out with my friends and then like my parents call me like I don't want to speak English to them but when I'm at home I speak English to them it's just like I like having that secrecy you know so my friends don't know what I'm saying to my family I feel like that was the appeal for me but um my biggest Asian um role model or like the person who influenced me was probably a collection of like all my friends in Suzanne Corey because they're very like cultured like yeah Kathy speaks of it means to like everyone like <laughs> even us. <all. laughs> and like with Cindy she would speak her language and then like there's Carlos and like Giselle and like we we would like we speak different um variations of the same language it's not really the same language it's different mm-hmm. languages but um we would like you know I don't know. Like Corey just like really helped me embrace like being Asian.
0: I think with my upbringing, I was always surrounded by my culture, so I never had a period of time where I like fell off the course. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like I I was always like surrounded by my Viet culture. There was if it was if it wasn't like Viet school or like church, it'd be like my Viet friends. Like I never there was never a time. Where I became like whitewashed in a way. Anyone that meets me for the first time like I've gotten a few times where people genuinely think that I was like born in Vietnam or like only moved here recently because I'm I'm always speaking Viet, like even with my close friends it, like it's not that I'm trying to have some secret moment to just ask to or anything it's just like like a muscle memory type of thing. And, like, it gets to a point where if I can't say something in English, I will say it in the Viet way first, and then the English way will come to me. Like, it's just so ingrained into me that it's, like, it's just normal. Like, even in the car, like, I'll be talking to Cindy in Viet rather than in English, you know? Like, if I'm one-on-one with a friend that's Vietnamese as well, I speak to them in Viet rather than English. Okay. I don't have, I feel like I don't have a specific person, but I do feel that I bring that, part to other people like obviously my parents influenced me to you know maintain this root the roots but there's no one specific that helped me embrace it I guess
1: you know the Facebook um page or like even on Instagram subtle Asian trades like does you don't know really it yeah, doesn't know what is
2: that?
0: <gasps> it's literally like an Asian group that yeah. people just put in like, and like they just put in like, like Stereotypes Asian, and typical Asian, Asian, Asian posts.
2: <laughs> yeah. Whoa. What Damn, the-
0: she's like whitewash, whitewash.
2: <laughs> Do that! I'm cultured now! Olav! <laughs> Olav! <Olaf, Olaf, laughs> <Olaf, Olaf, Olaf. laughs>
1: Wait. So I was going to ask, does your family do any of the subtle Asian traits? Like, what are your family's subtle Asian traits? Can you read
2: some? Because I
1: don't know. I have, I have, so for me it's boiling water before drinking it. Like, I cannot drink water from the tap because I remember I thought it was like a normal thing but like I yeah. remember going to like my friend's house they just like drank from the tap or like even at camp people would just drink from the tap I was just like I was so shocked no, I was that's like, like that's no, disgusting I can do that
0: don't drink tap water at camp guys just just bring bottled water don't drink yeah. water I was That's so, so scat disgusted. like no I'm so sorry Wait, and, when do, you- do you know
1: that water
2: sorry when do you drink bottled water no, no, no. um you let it cool down and then you drink no. it
1: or do you drink cold water? No, no, no. no you, you, you let, let it cool, cool
0: down and, down and, and then you, put you put it in a jug. In a jug. No, you just leave yeah, it in enough. your kitchen table.
2: <laughs> you just leave it on your kitchen table. God, oh, water tastes bad. It tastes, mm, it has a taste. <laughs>
0: it's boiled. <laughs> so, it shouldn't have like that yeah, taste. Yeah, it's filtered because it's, it's boiled. It's <laughs> boiled.
2: But it tastes funny. Oh
1: my days.
0: Are you dissing our boiled water? Boiled water
1: is good water, right? Cold water. A hundred years of um Asian tradition, (laughs) like getting this by this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like if you want
0: cold water, you go to the fridge, the water dispenser. If you want normal room temperature, you drink from the jug that's on your table, your kitchen table.
1: Wow. Another um subtle Asian trait is um pots and pans in the freaking oven
0: yeah yeah <laughs> we have like a we have like a microwave slash oven thing and we've got the you do you have your glass ovens that you like yeah. oh yes <gasps> the white that's ones. all i have the, the white, white ones, ones. <laughs> the ones where you lift the lid up <laughs> oh yeah you put the lid down and it starts working
1: <laughs> oh my gosh for that pork belly
0: Giuliana, bro guliana <laughs> is not <laughs> she Maybe this is like a Via Asian thing.
1: Yeah, maybe You know, maybe
0: it's not like a typical Asian thing. Maybe it's just via Asian. Oh, I have one. I have one. Whenever you go overseas or you go on a trip far away, you always I already know where this is going (laughs) You always have to bring cup noodles or noodles oh wait what the heck like packaged noodles i knew knew it wasn't gonna be what cindy expected (laughs) yeah i was like how does she know how does she know where i'm going with this like you go anywhere you always have to bring noodles with you no or is it just my household?
1: sometimes sometimes not everywhere yeah not Not everywhere girl i thought you were going to say like when you go overseas okay there's two things like you go to the airport extremely early like hours before your flight (laughs) so you're gonna say that or there's like or you bring like a lot of like dried goods for like the people like as presents
0: yeah for the your family overseas no no like
2: a whole bag a whole bag of like we call it and like it's like presents that you give to your like, like family,
1: yeah. You know, it's and like you get wrapped in the like freaking in the place. Place. Oh, We don't do that.
0: Uh, I agree we, for though. my household, yeah. We like we sometimes we bring like fresh meats and stuff as well, like frozen oh, meat in like in like you know the.
1: Yeah, um, yeah 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 uh, styrofoam that's the thing yes yeah, so
0: they styrofoam boxes and then you put you pack it completely pack that thing up put the lid on and fully tape all four like you have to fully tape the entire box before you send it off mm. do you guys do that
1: like yes, fully yes.
0: like protect every
1: single corner of it that's my family oh my gosh and like do you guys like buy
0: extra weight just to
1: bring Yes
0: yeah like whenever we um go to vietnam for example literally like we will pack our stuff yeah that's fine but on the way to the airport we will buy extra weight just to make sure that we can bring everything home yeah. like that's just a, such a typical asian thing to do
1: yeah um i have like specific slippers they have to wear at home like we would never wear freaking shoes outside shoes inside so we have like slippers inside just for inside yeah yeah oh yeah 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 we have too. too.
0: i
2: i'm too lazy to like put them on so i just wear like fluffy socks or something mm. and I have to get
1: to- you know with your I'm like you know with dinner how, like what do you guys usually eat because for me like a set dinner will always like most of the time rice anyway, this is right big but we'll always have a meat dish a vegetable dish and like a that's soup a dish. dish that's just like, that's like always your, my set your
0: typical yeah your typical vietnamese like yeah. meal. Set. yeah yeah yeah. Like, you have to have one of everything yeah um yeah, yeah. that's just like your stable whole food like yeah. for my like my parents if they go to work they will bring like their how about what's that like the thermal yeah you're like a (laughs) container there. yeah and each level is like like you have your rice you have your meat and then you have your soup and then you bring that to work that's 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 what they eat yeah i remember that is the same for you gliana like do you guys have like set dishes or anything
2: (laughs) no (laughs) we just have rice and then whatever
1: Mm. do you guys celebrate any traditions like filipinos like do you guys have a new year like a filipino new year or something
2: it's just normal new year i think there's other like celebration but i'm just not aware
0: (laughs) do do you guys do you have do you guys have any like set like holidays that you guys celebrate ever Mm. no just your typical easter christmas (laughs) father's day type meet
2: okay
1: that's
2: so right. we have, uh, I think it was like Cinco de Mayo or something because, like, Philippines was colonized by Spanish. So, like, mm. lots of their traditions became our traditions. But, mm. yeah.
1: I think my family celebrates more, like, Viet traditions than Western traditions. Like, even with, like, Christmas and stuff, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, like, we... Mm-hmm like really celebrate that really yeah like christmas is like oh we, we treat christmas like it's a normal normal day bro <gasps> oh yeah oh i think
0: because my mom's side because all of my dad's side is still in vietnam um my mom's side like a lot of my uncles and aunties have not evolved, evolved isn't the right word, (laughs) but like, they've definitely taken on a much more Western, you know, tradition lifestyle. So, my mum's side, every single holiday, we always gather. Like, every single event, like, Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, like, um, like, Chinese New Year, like, all of that stuff. Like, every single event, holiday, we always gather at my grandparents' place and celebrate together. Mm. Um, And, I feel like, it's also very uh, like a such a big thing in my family because a lot of these celebrations we celebrate at mass as well like at church because we are catholic. So like Christmas and Easter and stuff is very big at church as well. Mm. So like there's no way of us like not celebrating it. Like it'll be Christmas mass on Saturday night and then Sunday we're you know celebrating at my grandparents like there's always something going on. And that's similar with me as well like
2: Um, especially when I was younger we have like a set group of people like family friends extended family cousins aunties Mm -hmm. and we would just always like gather and the house like who it would change like whoever's houses we'd go to Mm -hmm. and then like it would be like every birthday so there was like a period in my life where literally every weekend I was always busy I had a birthday and then the next weekend is a birthday and then it was Christmas and then and then it was New Year and then it was and also like when you have like traditions with your family and stuff, like I feel like I can never, ever, ever have like a new year party. You know how people go to like new year's parties and stuff, but like I'm, I have like family traditions, which I would rather go to my family traditions. Like there'll be other parties and stuff. Um, There's never anything that we don't really celebrate. But now that I'm older, it's kind of like less, it's like died down a little more. I'm older and like everyone else is getting older as well. So it means all the kids in my group, I like, starting to go into high school, you know, and then, like, everyone's getting a little bit more busy. But I feel like – but we always, like, no matter what, gather, like, during Christmas and most birthdays. Most birthdays.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it's a very Asian thing to have, like, a lot of family gatherings, like, with your aunties and uncles and stuff. I remember a yeah. time period, like, we just had it, like, every week.
0: Every week. You had something going on every week. I'm just lucky because my cousins and I, like, on my mom's side, we're all very close. Although I'm the second youngest out of all of us, we have a very good culture between the like all like 20 of us. And even if we have like something going on, we always prioritize our family events. And I think it's just because we see each other so often, you always see us gathering and we're always there together. So I think it's just with that sense of belonging, we always have to have an event or something like that, you know, like, like a um, gathering of some sort.
1: Um, Going on with that, like now that we're like growing older, do you see yourself like continuing these traditions and stuff? Like would you, would you like raise your kids the same way that your parents did and like um, continuing all the traditions? Like how would it be different and...
2: Yeah. I would definitely like keep the traditional like you know lots of big family gatherings always celebrating birthdays and Christmases and like special occasions. I would probably try to implement more culture <laughs> into my kids' lives.
1: I think I want to do the same for my my kids. And I definitely want to keep the tradition in our family. Obviously, I want them to stay connected with their roots. Like I never want them to feel like, you know, out of place. But I really do want to place a greater emphasis on like learning the language. I feel like that was like the only thing that i regret so that's like what i want my kids like i don't want my kids to regret that and like i want them to like be able to speak to their like grandparents and stuff like that and like aunties and uncles so yeah i think that's the only thing that i would do differently yeah
0: i feel like for me i really admired my mom's relationship with her siblings and like you can really tell with all the family gatherings and whatnot So like for me, being an only child, I would want my children to be able to spend a good amount of time with their cousins and with like, you know, even if like it's not direct family, like with other family friends and whatnot, because for me, it really helped like my cousins are essentially like my siblings as well. It really helps to have a system outside of your direct family that is always there to support you.
1: If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And
0: like, when you're surrounded by others that also embrace your culture, like it, it just helps you in life as well and your like mental well being. So, of course, like I, I like the way that my parents raised me, and I would definitely want my children to have a similar upbringing. Do you think the idea of marrying someone that's of your own culture, like, do you think that's a better choice or like you don't mind, like, as long as they're Asian or you know, if you have a preference or something, like, do you think that affects? your way of bringing like your uh, your way of teaching your kids in the future
2: I feel like for me I want to marry someone with culture it doesn't really matter if like you're Asian just like a culture and um I would want them to be immersed in both but also I would want them to I, I don't know I would set it up in a way set it up I would like make sure that (laughs) <laughs> they would be able to identify with both cultures mm. while still being able to adapt to like you know western culture or like where we live or you know yeah. I, I just like want to make it as easy as possible while still being connected
0: yeah yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand that and like for me i don't mind if i end up marrying someone that's not of a viet culture to an extent is it, it is ideal. Like it'll help me and it'll help him and it'll help our children's future. But if I do end up marrying someone that's not Viet, like definitely I will place emphasis on both cultures and I want them to be able to, you know, embrace both cultures and you know like have like an understanding that they appreciate for both sides. And I know a lot of families that for example like Viet and Chinese that end up getting married and their cultures are already pretty similar Mm. to to an extent so like if it's like that like that's so helpful for both ends you know but it's like in those where like you marry someone that's like of a European background or of like a different background like it it, they will have its own difficulties but as long as if you want to have that emphasis for both cultures for your children then it'll help all of you like grow together as that's my ideal like my ideal is to marry someone that's also weird and like I don't have to worry about the whole culture thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mind. I
1: obviously don't mind,
0: but it's ideal.
1: So that wraps up our podcast. Thanks
0: for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a like, and we also have an Instagram page, a TikTok and a Spotify if you want to listen to us on the go. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>